Welcome, Sojourners. You have found yourself a cozy place here at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and this is our production of The Fairy and the Free. The Sojourners have recently returned from Skyworld. They are now back in the plain of Bonzaral and arriving on the border of Baldtop Library. We meet them in the air as Frisia, the Green Swan, carries them to safety. Now that they have saved the Green Swan. And so for now, and so for now, our story continues. Our story continues. What's a rocket ship? A loster asks, but the strange and foreign word is lost on Triana. She hardly notices the question as she peers over the back of Frisia, staring down at the gold glowing structure below. The stark white dome of Baltop Library shines in the light of the rising sun, a tapestry of color reflecting what she now knows to be the giantess's design. Her sense of wonder dims to a dull ache. Her eyes close as Frisia sweeps them through a low gathering cumulus, feeling the mist against her skin, and she remembers the cloud forest with its silver ice trees and misty floor, the cloud sheep child that she played with, and the birdie-shaped hole in the ground when she dismounted from Catrick. Frisia whips them out of the clouds as he descends, and the wind whipping at her hair reminds her of the dreadful basilisk venom which sent her ugly and careening in mad flight. Trina shudders and hugs herself, thinking quickly of the happy memories which followed, the kind words of her friends, the feeling of being cared about, even the kind little wizard they happened to say. She pauses as she considers this memory. It was a complete accident, a sheer moment of happenstance, but they made a difference in someone's life. A positive difference. The wizard was free of the glass prison, free to live her life again as she pleased, free in a way that Trina was not. She looks down at the library ceiling closer. Maybe she should have stayed in Luminous, like Juvasa and her family. Untraceable, free to become someone different, someone better. Not the girl who fed travelers to fairy wolves for her mistress, who stocked bookends at a library in exchange for a longer leash. She glances back at the book in a lustrous hand. That was going to be her peace offering when the queen inevitably cornered her the first moment she was alone in Baltop. She'd gone there to serve another, yes, but she was always serving her first. But now she'd given the book to Alostra, and she couldn't bring herself to want it back. The girl looked so happy to be traveling away from her home, setting out on a new adventure. Trina's hand gripped the feathers of Frisia tighter. Who was she kidding? She couldn't stay in Luminous. Not without Aramante. And Frisia needed to go home. This mission had always been leading her one way. Back to Baldtop. Her kennel. Her new redwood tree. She had all the knowledge of the worlds at her fingertip, but it wasn't enough to set her free. The queen was looking for her and she didn't know what excuse she could give for her sudden, unexpected absence. All her hopes and dreams rested in the hands of the Prince of Autumn, and so did Aramante. At least she wouldn't have to worry about running into the bookends. They had left Baltop as well. And just as Trina thought this to herself, Frisia soars over the courtyard, and she looks down into the eyes of a very familiar gnome. 
Her heart falls like a stone kicked to the side of the black cliffs into the mauve ocean, and she draws back between the wings of the swan. Well, welcome back to Balta, she thinks to herself wryly. Upon arriving back into Bonsaro, you recognize the signs in the sky as the month of cedar. And though the air is cold, the final month of winter is in play. With spring right around the corner of the seasons, Bonsaro braces for a new time. Now soaring through the air, Frisia painted quite the picture in view of Bald Top Library. The youths dropped their jaws and the elders wagged their heads. But everyone's attention landed upon the arrival of the green swan. The sojourners brace themselves as the swan makes her rapid descent onto the corkscrew highway, compelling you to grip tightly with the accelerating speed. Suddenly his wings expand and break moments before running upon the ground. A warden calls out, Kalan, we've got an incoming swan. Frisia lands smoothly and extends one wing to ease your travel onto the pavement of the highway. Outside the main gate, two wardens stand guard. Although trembling, they grip their wands and prepare for attack. Samoon, Birdie, and Traina, you stand upon the corkscrew highway along with Alastra in giantess form. Frisia then begins to diminish in size. You see the eyes begin to bug out of the two wardens ready to defend their home. Knowledge, truth, and wisdom at their backs. Nevertheless, they call out. How do each of you respond? Um, guys, hey, um, the swan is, uh, this, this swan is shrinking. We're, are we gonna, what, what's happening? Frisia is now the size of a tiny green swan. She starts, he starts pecking around a little bit. The warden begins to hold his, don't move, don't move. And he prepares a spell. I'll lock you in place. Do you recognize this warden? No, you do not. Okay. I was going to call him out. Um, I'm going to hold my arm out for Frisia if he wants to perch on my shoulder or arm. I know swans are large birds, but you said tiny. And just give the guard a condescending look. Just be like, really? Is that how you treat your guests? Do, do you have an appointment? Galan, we really need you! Well, I mean, we have an appointment with Millel. Uh, with the Prince of Autumn. Uh, we're pretty important people, and you do know who Bertie Cartwright is, right? He I mean, to... I'm gonna have a statue. To see if he recognizes Bertie Cartwright, the waitress at Bald Top Brew, please make your persuasion check. Me? Yes. Do I get advantage because she helped? <laughs> That's very true, you should. <laughs> 21. The other warden speaks up. Bertie! Hey, he releases his wand. He says, wait, wait, it's, it's Bertie Cartwright. She's the, the, the waitress. Uh, hot beer, right? I mean, that was a specialty when I was a waitress. It still is. No, it's, it's, it still is. You'll never believe it. I mean, they, they just went with it and pretty much everybody drinks it now. I mean, if you don't drink it, kind of a loser. So hats off oh. to you. Well, I don't really work at Bald Top anymore. I've moved on to 
better things but if you guys are still drinking hot beer then i will take credit for that because i like to take credit for all the things that's great well hey um you do need to check in with Kalan, and he points to an amethyst stone outside of bald top you hear Kalan's voice on the other side of the stone hello hello uh, yes who, who is this um my name is birdie cartwright and you oh. guys are planning to make a statue of me here you're back that's well, wonderful of course okay why are you let me ask this the best way why are we on lockdown think our swan scared them oh okay is that did you not see that big swan that we flew in on we we did okay so that is that the swan that we were yes this to... is this one right here okay he's kind of right. shed Say a hi, little bit Frisia just looks at you okay i will get the doors open thank you so much the wardens drop their wands the shield to the door releases corkscrew highway now spills into the courtyard you get a couple looks as you pass through does alostra get stopped so alostra yes is stopped at the front gate and at that point, one of the wardens says, wait, wait, there's a price of admittance. And at this point, Kalan does come running up. He gives quit each of you a quick nod, but resumes his duties as the warden. He spends a couple moments talking with Alastra outside of your circle. Oh, that is Alastra. She is, she's really nice, and I think she will do well here. She's... I hope they let her in. I know that they need a new book. I hope that book was a new book I gave her. I mean, I'm not sure to be obvious. Fine. Not to be obvious, though. Um, she's huge, and how's she gonna fit through the doors? Birdie, you look up for a second, and you see that the door is clearly fitted for giant size. A ten-foot oh. woman easily walks through. Never mind. Obviously, the doors are bigger here. I wonder what kind of work she can find here. I think she will really like it. Hope they let her keep painting. I would be sad to not have sunrises and sunsets anymore. <gasps> you know, this place has a lot of people that study things. Maybe she can teach a class. <gasps> that would be wonderful. I think that She's would be pretty teach. cool. Are you going to stay here with her? For me? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Baltop is... It's a nice place, I know, but it's not exactly where. But Samoon, you kissed her. You can't just kiss and run. Whoa, 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 whoa. She kissed me. I did not do anything and that that was her own actions. And I'm still quite terrified to thank you very much. But nonetheless, no, 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 no. She's, no, she's a friend who's a girl just like you. And nothing more. Does that mean and I get to kiss you? No, definitely not you. Hey, not to change the subject, but I want to change oh, the subject do. a little. Yes, Bertie um, wants to change the subject, Tina. Oh, Why don't you stop talking now? Remember that that kid that um was staring at me? Oh, maybe you weren't there. What? 
I don't think you were there. You guys were fighting the, you were fighting in the dog room with the electronic dog. Oh goodness me! I accidentally, I accidentally kissed a, a kid that was um, staring at me, and Irony? I think he got in trouble. <gasps> oh, I forgot about him. Wait, Irony is in trouble. You kissed then we Irony. Must, we must save him. What what kind of trouble is he in? I mean, I don't. I'm not sure, but I don't think he was supposed to let us in that room. And he might be in trouble because he was flirting with the guests of the Ball Top, uh, the Ball Top Brewery, and library. By now, Kalan has kind of broken his conversation with Alostra, and is looking back to you every time you say Irony's name. Well, that was Irony's fault. He didn't have to let us into the room. I only asked. It wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. And I mean, once the door was open, I just assumed it was okay to go in. It's not my fault that dog thing attacked me and I broke it. I mean, I would have helped fix it, but that's not the point. I'm sure everything is fine. Nobody said anything to us about it. Uh, every, everything is is fine, yes. Alostra is standing about 30 feet away, waiting with the book in her hand. Um... So she says she would like to enter into Baltop. That being said, it has been a while since we've had the giant folk here. Well, then this shall be good news for you. Because you have now a representation that you did not have. It is good. Um, and you're right about the representation. The only concern is we don't have accommodations for her. Um, she has mentioned that she's willing to drink the potions to stay in diminutive size, but even I know that is not sustainable. So knock down some walls. I don't see what the issue is. So you're volunteering to help. To destroy some walls? Sure. <laughs> well, yes, that's what I'm implying is we might need a little bit of assistance on making those accommodations happen. Uh, given that you are of a few talents and you know how to build things Trina? No, I know how to destroy things well have you ever built a building before no have you oh I have not no dare I ask Bertie are you also as well as a waitress a rescuer of swans also a construction well, my last name is Cartwright, and that's mostly because I was raised by a carpenter um, guy who made car carts, basically. So, yes, I know how to make things. That's incredible. I didn't know that. Mm. Well, now you know. So you can vouch for Lustra. 100%. This is a weird line of questioning. <laughs> well, we have quite the interview process for everyone entering in here. You participated I, in as well. I did. Um, the book is not a perfect copy. Uh, we have one of it, although it is a second edition. There's only been a few minor adjustments to it. Hmm. Given how you've helped, um, we will allow this book to come in as well as Lostra. Um, we would like to see a little bit of well, the reason I ask is we've had a little bit of destruction here. We had an attack 
at Bald Top, and um, most of our construction is built on, is directed towards rebuilding the Temple of Kondagak. Um, oh, I noticed that. What that happened? Big hole in yeah. the wall. Yeah, what is that uh, Temple of Kondagak. It's one of the yeah one of the temples here. It's, so we have all the resources towards completing that project, um, and I don't want to keep a giant woman unsheltered. It just wouldn't be suitable. So if you had any ideas on how to make that happen without her taking potion after potion after potion. I'll let you think about it. And in the meantime, if you would attend to her needs while she's here. Um, I should also mention that Irony is no longer our hospitality manager. Um, he's staying in the house of Lazarus. I heard you mention his name a couple times. What is he doing in there now? Did he get a new job? Yeah, he's been demoted. Demote. He, well, he's been terminated. He's quite honest. Terminated? It's because he was fraternizing with the guests, I know. Well, <laughs> if you mean that you are the guests, then yes. To be quite honest, I think you might be the only friends he has. Um, oh, just to let you know, uh, the bookends did not press any charges against him. Though they had every right to. Did he kiss right. the bookends too? No, Bertie. What? My point is he might, it might do him some good to have a visitor. A friendly face. They didn't have the right to press charges. They're the ones with the self-destructive room. Trina's actually going to walk away though because he she did. feels incredibly guilty. While you're walking around the courtyard, surveying the area, in the doorway, you notice an old woman sitting there in tattered robes, looking as if her hair has not been brushed for days, smudges of dirt upon her face, clearly showing signs that she's been sleeping outside. She sits there with bowls of bread and soup that have not been touched. She mutters to herself, hugging her knees. It's the end of the world, she says. The end of the world. She looks over at you and grabs one of your hems, of your cloaks. I promise you, the end is coming. The end is near. If you do not believe, then you are not paying attention. Kalan pulls you away. It's, it's okay, it's okay. Well, you're free to roam about the courtyard. Um, I have accommodations for you at the Pilgrim's Rest. Private rooms. You'd be happy there. Please let me know if you need anything. I'm very busy. He turns to walk away. That was so rude. He said, let us know if we need anything. I'm very busy. Which made it sound like he doesn't want us to let him know if he needs anything. Elastra <laughs> stands towering over you, folding her arms, just looking around. So, Alastra, what did they tell you? That you're free to stay here? That they're going to take you as a witness? What What's going on? Oh, no, I, I'm just a pilgrim here. Um, they said I could stay at the Pilgrim's Rest, but unless I'm willing to pay for the potions and take them, I, I don't have any accommodations. So, um, 
<laughs> I have slept outside before. I'm sure there's some place I could sleep. That is ridiculous. Um, I cannot believe that they don't have a place for a I, woman of your size. You know what, though? I could probably, I could fit into most buildings. It's just that I have to squat or sit. Um, and I mean, there's some doorways here that could work. That that temple over there seems to have a big door. I could, I could stay there. I, I, I'm you know, honestly a little embarrassed. I feel like I'm an incredible burden and I don't mean to have so much attention placed upon me. It's and nope. Trina is like fidgeting and looking at Birdie and Simone and hoping that they'll say it before, you know, maybe like, I don't know how hospitality around here works, but maybe, you know, we could go ask the former hospitality person. He might have some ideas of how we can help Alostra. If Birdie wants to go talk to him, it's her boyfriend. I mean, there might be some kind of witch doctor that knows potions that can maybe shrink you permanently I, I, if you're into that. No, no I, I, I'm okay. I just think maybe I should go somewhere else. I don't want to shrink permanently. That would, that feels oh. so uh, committed. And you do not want to betray who you are. Well, it's, I just, I don't even know what the, the, the outcome of that would be. I mean, there could be, plus trusting a witch doctor. I don't, I don't know this person. I'm a little nervous about making any kind of decisions at this point. Uh, do not be nervous, Alasha. We will take care of you. Yes, we, we could go talk to Irony and see what he might know. But to your point, Birdie, I wonder if there would be some type of magic that could be cast to create a building. We have all this magic to help people directly. What about the ability to create a structure? You know who else might know? How did Kringshaf get his house? Somebody had to build that for him. Maybe he used magic. He seemed to be here for a very long time, but but perhaps he, you know, he knows a lot of things and we have to stop by him anyway. We could definitely ask. And I know that Elastra will be a wonderful story for him. Oh, he would love to meet Elastra. Mm-hmm. He would? Um, He's a cranky uh, old oh. man. But he has the two coolest dogs in this place. Well, I'm good with cranky old men and dogs. So just any place where I'm not a bother. Not a bother anywhere and don't let anyone tell you that you are. I feel like if we go straight to Crankshaft, that would make the most sense because he would have things that Boltop doesn't know. Hence the book that we had to get from him. Hmm. And if yeah. Irony has been in jail or wherever he is, um, you know, protocols and things might have changed around here. I know back home, you know, the gods at the palace would often change shift regularly and nothing was quite the same so as to keep people from um, getting through easily. As you're walking through the courtyard, you see Crank Chef's cottage in the line of sight. Before you make any progress, you feel a tug on your cloak. One of the wardens who greeted you outside, now looking sheepishly, says, um, Hey, sorry about earlier, addressing all three of you. Do you uh, my name's Fredson. Um, do you mind if I get an autograph? This is how it begins, Birdie. 
But then again, you should know this. Bretson then pulls out one of his study books and he says, you could just, um, you know, here's the quill. You could just inscribe in the, uh, the margin there, if you don't mind. Why? Because, <laughs> I mean, you're kind of famous and uh, your signature means a lot. For once, Birdie. Serena has nothing to say. Oh, Bertie just grabs the book and she takes the quill and starts coloring in her thumb. And so it has an ink thumb and then she pushes down on the book and then she writes like a big capital B. You're welcome. Next time I'll um, charge you. He looks at the signature as if it has a value already of its own and looks towards Samoon and Traina. Samoon grabs the pen and the book from Birdie and he just like holds the quill in like an awkward position and just kind of sticks his tongue out and slowly just does not gracefully slide the quill along and you see like this really oblong S and then slowly like a little A and then eventually he scribbles the rest of his name and it's very like elementary grade writing. <laughs> he looks just at like, yeah. that looks good. Here you go. Karina takes the book and just gives a very flourishing, beautiful, fancy script of her name with like a little flowery leaf at the end. He looks much more interested in Trina's signature than Samoon's. And when he sees Samoon's signature, he kind of looks confused, but nevertheless closes the book and says, thank you, much appreciated, and runs off back to his post. Hey, um, as we're on our way to Crankshaft, first of all, that was very strange, sorry. Uh, but as we're on the way to Crankshaft, what shall we do with Frisia? Is he just gonna be with us? When are we going to find Milil or the Prince of Autumn? Frisia stands tailing you every once in a while, pecking the ground. I nearly forgot about Frisia. Everything, oh, the hustle and bustle here is just so much. Autographs well, and destroying walls and injustice against giantesses. There's just a lot happening at once. Also, did you hear that thing about the end of the world? Well, that's oh. what that lady over there was saying. I didn't even pack a bag. Don't worry, they have they have supply here that you can use. Well, whatever we do, we definitely should not walk Frisia by the door, the back door to the kitchen of Baltop. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had bad experiences with that, so. So let's go to Crankshaft. He'll probably like to meet Frisia too. Do you think the dogs will be good? The dogs will be good. They'll recognize Frisia. They're all from the same land. As you approach, you do see Crankshaft sitting outside on his front porch, reading a book. The History of Bansara by Booker Telsum. As the morning sun catches his skin, it shimmers gold in this light. His two dogs outside playing fetch. Pete, repeat. He tosses the ball and it goes bouncing towards Samoon. Oh, hi, Mr. Crankshaft. It Boom. is good to see you again. Oh, hello, Pete, and repeat. And Samoon just like grabs the ball and like wrestles him and kind of scruffs the fur. And then he's, okay, ready, ready. And he kind of like jumps around and then he just throws the ball. Go, go fetch. Before the ball leaves your hand, one of the dogs blinks above you, snatching the ball outside of your hand. Your arm throws against the air. Hey, you little sneak. Get back here. And I'm just going to kind of like chase the dog. Does he please keep away? Keep away, monkey in the middle of the dogs. 
blink keeping them Simoon, you are keeping them quite entertained crankshaft puts his spectacles down closes his book removes his feet from off his stool and laughs to himself as he rocks when he sees you Trina as you approach he stands up and bows El Sila Erin Lu Egovandinvin. The light shines upon you, the hour of our meeting, and greets you in Elvish. Trina looks a little taken aback at first, and she's got her hands crossed over her chest. And when he greets her so formally and elegantly, she kind of looks around and then smiles and um, returns with a curtsy and gives the proper response to the greeting. He laughs then and says, I'm a little more prepared for you this time. And he displays that there's some fine elvish drink. Or he calls out to Rumtum, his Mykonod servant, and she walks over and carries this tray of fine elven drink. The nectar of the gods. Would you care to join me? I would so much to love to hear your stories. Oh, hello, Bertie. How are you? Hey, what, what, I see you have some drink, drinks there. Can I have one? Yes, of course. They're for everyone. Let us toast to each other, for you have returned to Baldtop Library and to my front porch. He waves over to you to Simoon to join him. Well, thank you very much for your hospitality. And is it all right? This is our friend Alastra from Skyworld. She's new in town. He removes his thick leather cap and bows low and says in giant, may the dragons and the giants one day find peace in the world of Bonsaro. Alostra's eyes grow very large as she receives this draconic expression in her own language. She stutters to issue out the response, and he ignores her stammering. He offers her a smaller drink, a drink as well. I apologize I don't have a larger cup for you, but hopefully you would like to join us. Please sit. It's a beautiful day outside. Simon's going to notice the Mike Ned servant. Oh, great job. Did, did, um, did your servant make it back home for the family affair? Uh, thank you for asking, but no, that never happened, and uh, we've just not mentioned it. Um, she hasn't oh. brought it up, so oh. it's all right. I was not willing, and I, I talked some sense into her and reminded her that she's safe here, and uh, I would be all thumbs if it wasn't for her. Oh, very good. Well, at least, yes, you are both safe. Yeah. It's a dangerous world out there, but... What would I know of that? I've been sitting here on my front porch reading, waiting for you to come back. <laughs> well, there's looks like a building blew up over there. Is it a oh. dangerous world in here, too? Yeah, never a dull moment here at Bald Top. So that happened a couple days ago, actually. Um, some uh, factory malfunction in the glass warehouse. Some sort of accident, I believe. That's oh, what I heard. Okay. Oh, yes. Well, it seems that you have had some excitement around here, but we have definitely... Got a story to tell for you. I'm all ears. Well, have you ever met Melil? 
The God uh, of Poetry. Uh, not a personal meeting, but I have seen him once or twice. Uh, so, okay. So, he knows a guy that goes by the Prince of Autumn, right? And so, this guy has lost this green swan up in a place called Sky World. And see, mm. we actually went and got that swan back, and this is it right here. His oh, name is hello. Frisia. Oh, beautiful creature. Oh, fantastic. The dogs are sitting uh, sitting down on either side of Frisia. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but perhaps you did, but we actually flew in on this one. <laughs> it was I a massive it. bird in the sky. Yeah, yes. I, I would believe it. I, you may have caught me at a nap time, but yeah, I, I would believe <laughs> but that story. This adventure has been quite fun because not only did it start with a large animal flying ride, it ended with one. You see, in order to get to Skyward, we had to go on a big cat named Catrick. And he flew us there. And it was quite an amazing ride. And he is a very nice, a nice cat. He, um, yeah, he, he was very friendly to us. And uh, he nearly had to rescue us from some wolves, but we managed to handle ourselves well. And uh, yeah, and then we got to Skyward. And let me tell you, it is like no place I have ever seen before. You mm. wouldn't believe all the things that was there. I think my favorite thing was there was this drink, much like you're serving here, that was called a helium drink. And when I drank it, it made my voice get very, very high. And then I don't remember what happened because I blacked out and woke up on the floor. But it was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> It uh, is amazing what our imaginations can do. <laughs> he puts a knowing hand on your shoulder and says, um, Son, that was probably alcohol. Alcohol. Okay, like, I think I, I'm familiar it, with alcohol. Yes, that's in, what the people drink in the in the taverns. Yes. Yeah. It, Much like Bertie's warm beer. Oh, ugh. It's kids these days. No. No, thank you. Simeon kind of leads in. I'm not exactly partial to it myself, but I don't want to hurt Bertie's feelings. And then he just like pulls back and smiles. <laughs> he says very, he says as if he can't hear very well. I'm not partial to it either, Simoon. <laughs> Simoon's just going to kind of like raise his hand and kind of scratch his head. Oh, but, no. uh, but anyway, um, that is not all of the story. I did not just have a drink oh. and knocked out. No, oh. let me tell you that there was a wonderful hotel and we all had some really good baths and then we were downstairs for dinner and then boom, all of a sudden these three guys come in and they start blowing the place up with these fireballs. Mm. Trina was quite upset because she really liked the hotel, but uh, me and Birdie handled it pretty quickly. And, uh, and we got these cool badges. And he's just going to kind of pull out the hippogriff badge. Oh, that's that's nice, Samoon. His eyes are starting hey, to drop. Hey, guys, he looks bored. Oh, no, no. I, I'm okay. Just uh, took a took a medicine earlier before you showed up. Keep, keep going. Keep going. I'm, uh, I'm listening. Well, actually, we did come here to ask you a bit of a question. Yeah? Um... 
Our friend Alastra here is supposed to be sane, but they keep telling us they don't have any accommodations for her and they don't have anybody to make accommodations for her because it's all going towards the temple, which I think is very unfair and unkind and unhospitable of these folk. Um, They told us to try to figure it out, but we're outsiders. And I know you've been here for a really long time. Do you have any idea how we could... I don't know, even conjure somewhere for Alastra or just adjust one of the buildings or somewhere she can stay that would be comfortable and welcoming. Well, um, yeah, come on inside. Um, I mean, oh, oh no, hold on. And he kind of puts his for his uh, finger on his temple as if he's concentrating on some language. And then you see for a moment that his eyes begin to droop, his breathing slows down and then Rumtum comes through the door holding a small little birdhouse oh here we go this is a um, birdhouse looks that way but with the right incantations can be a nice little house now the only difference is you become a little small going inside it but it's a great place to hide out for a while uh, especially if you got Guests coming over, you don't want to deal with them. You just go inside the birdhouse and come out at your leisure. Um, Alostra, would that be something you were interested in? No. Thank you. Well, that's that's all right. Um, if you don't want to come inside the little birdhouse, uh, the temple has some accommodations there. I'm sure there's some work you could do in the meantime to pay for the lodging. The uh, atrium is big enough, and I'm sure there's a place where they could let you stay for the night. That's what I would do. It's one of the biggest places here. Should accommodate a giant woman such as yourself. Alastra seems satisfied with this answer. I kind of like the birdhouse. Um, Could I purchase the birdhouse from you? (laughs) <laughs> name your price I mean three gold three gold this birdhouse easily worth 3,000 gold he says tell you what birdie um, why don't you think it over and uh, I just couldn't part with it just for three gold uh, he seems unsure I mean, you can sleep on it too. You seem tired. Um, oh no, it's just that medicine I took. It's I'm not tired. I mean, do you have problems with your heart or something? Make a persuasion check. Natural one. As a henfolk, you can re-roll a natural one. Oh yeah, that's good. What? A two. He said, "No, there's nothing wrong with my heart. Why are you asking me so many questions? You're supposed to tell me stories about your adventure, not mine." Do you like my outfit? Looks I got like it you... fighting a boar. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Oh. Well, I got it fighting a boar, and then I fed the entire party that night with the boar. So that's pretty impressive. That is impressive. It was so cool. That's actually one of the parts of the story. It was a, It was an impressive fight. Seems like you came out on top. Good. His eyes are starting to droop as if sleep is beginning to overtake him. He is struggling to maintain sleep. And then you see Rumtum 
starting to pull at his rocking chair. He brushes her away as if to dismiss her, and she does not relent. She continues to pull at the rocking chair. Not now, I have guests. Rumtum look concerned at all? Like this is not normal? Just like this is, all right, come on, old man, kind of a thing. She looks insistent, but not concerned. Well, okay. That's okay, Mr. Crankshaft. We can come back and tell you our stories are so long. Oh, I think we want to introduce yeah. Elastra to the temple before it gets dark. Yeah, yeah, please. That's a good idea. He so, seems eager at this response. You have a wonderful day, and thank you so much for the elvish hospitality. With no response, he is led away by Rumtum. The two dogs... Look expectingly, expectingly at you, Samoon, and then looking back at their master, and blink out of existence. Goodbye, Pete. Goodbye, repeat. Mr. Crankshaft, we will be back with more stories. I assure you. Shh, he's trying to sleep. Well, he said he wasn't tired. He said that he took some medicine, and it was making him seem tired. Simone, I think he was on... pretty engaged with the story, to be honest. He was putting on a front. Is that birdhouse still, like, sitting there? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I wish you could see the look on John's face. <laughs> Tell you what. Make... Okay, so just for luck's sake, do a perception check. You have to get... Mm. We'll do 50 50. It's got to be 11 or higher. 18. Yes, birdie. Rumtum and Mr. Crankshaft seem to have left the fine elvish drink, ambrosia, and the birdhouse. Okay. Birdie is going to take off her helmet and leave it on the table with 100 gold and take the bird, the birdhouse. And it is so. You have a... You see this happen? Yeah. Birdie, what are you doing? I like the birdhouse. This way my house goes with me wherever I go. You can't just take that without asking. He didn't agree to that price. It's a trade. But you have to agree to a trade. I, Birdie Cartwright, am the best barterer and offer the highest quality merchandise. And this helmet is worth just as much as this birdhouse. I mean, given what you have been able to do with the helmet, I'm surprised that you would give it up so easily. People's thoughts aren't that great, just so you know. I wouldn't know. I have not been in someone else's head. I have, and people are kind of dumb and mean. Yeah, I, I'm actually with Birdie on that one. Uh, uh, but... Well, the cool thing is, you can strap it onto your back and... If you were to let us, we can each take turns resting in it as we venture. We don't know the incantation. Oh. Well. I'm sure we can find out. Oh my gosh, this is not okay. What's How am I supposed to come back and tell Crankshaft more stories if he asks where this went? Do you think he'll remember? He seemed really sleepy. I don't oh. think he'll remember. Okay. That we I, took it? Or my I know. story? It's a good... Hey guys. I am a tr- I'm, I'm a trader by trade and a barterer by job, and I know this, and it's okay. fine. It's a good trade. 
All right, I, let's just go to the temple and, and get Alostra home. Alostra's still laughing at Samoon's joke. Well, as we cross the courtyard, I am keeping an eye out for any three people that I'm trying to avoid. Make a stealth check. You have to get... Well, I'm going to roll for them. Here we go. 11 or higher. That was... 12. That was an 8 plus 4. So, as you were walking through the courtyard... You see a very familiar monk walk into the Orange Blossom Gymnasium. And he is gone from your sight. And so for now, our story concludes. Every story comes to an ending, so for now we must conclude. Thank you for listening, Sojourners. Your attention will not go unrewarded. And we look forward to continuing this adventure. If you enjoyed this background music and ambiance, you should go visit Tabletop Audio. You can find them at www.tabletopaudio.com. And take the time to sojourn with us. Traina did a fantastic recap at the beginning of this session. If you would like more writing from this author, you can go subscribe to Stories by Sarah Danielle on Substack. She is writing the story Forsaken by Shadows, a tale of redemption and dark elves. However you sojourn with us, as always, may your story continue.